0: Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We are in day five of our look through 2 Thessalonians chapter two, verses 13 to 17 today. I wanna say to you, congratulations for making it to day five, one of the most difficult chapters of the entire Bible to walk through and to understand. And here you are at the end of this chapter with me, and I am glad, and you'll be glad too. Let me read for you verse 13 to verse 15. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter. We've been talking about what's going to happen at the end. It's interesting. These verses talk about what's happened from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it says here, God chose you to be saved. I can live my life in fear of what might happen at the end, or I can live my life in the spiritual confidence that comes from knowing what God did at the very beginning. At the very beginning, He decided to send His Son Jesus Christ into this world to deal with the problem of evil that we've been talking about this week. From the very beginning, He decided to personally love you and to call you and to save you. God chose you from the beginning. I mean, anytime we say God chose you, and we say from the beginning, it. It makes some people feel like, well, I had nothing to do with it then. I had no choice in it at all. No, no. God, the Bible tells us, wove your ability to choose somehow into his choice of you. Now, how he does that, I don't completely understand. That's in the understanding of God, I have to admit. But God wove your ability to choose into his choice of you. This isn't some kind of fatalistic determination that's talked about here. This is the sovereign will of God at work in the lives of people that he loves, For some reason, we tend to get hung up on the predetermined side of this and miss the personal side. God chose you. Hear the you. God chose you. If you've ever been in a situation where you were not chosen, maybe it was uh, for a team on a playground in grade school, or maybe it was by a woman or a man who you really wanted to love you, or maybe it was for a job that you really desired. If you've ever been in a situation where you were not chosen, those words have to thrill you. God chose you. Hang on to that today. Hang on to that truth no matter what happens. You see, as we come to this, the end of this chapter that talks about some of the confusing things that will happen at the end of times, these verses remind us we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be anxious because God has chosen us. Now, it's and what's interesting, in these verses talks about, reveals to us some things about how God chooses you. How does God choose a person? Well, it says, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through belief in the truth, he called you to this through our gospel. How does God choose a person? He does it through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, even before you became a believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus talked about this over in John chapter 16. God's Spirit was already at work in your life already convicting you and convincing you of your need of the truth. You didn't come to the recognition of your need of the truth all on your own. God's Spirit prompted you all the way. Also through your belief in the truth. God's Spirit prompted you to a point, to the point of belief, to the point of trust in the truth. As I said, God has woven your choice into his choice. And your choice is that choice, that moment when you say, yes, I believe the truth. Now, belief here does not mean just intellectual assent. It means trust. It means relational trust in God. I lean on him. I trust in him. And then these verses say he does this by calling you through the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ is a call in our lives. When I hear it preached in a sermon, when I hear it on the radio, when I hear it in a song, when I hear somebody at my office talking about it, something something in my heart was drawn towards that. That is how God's choice happens in a person's life. The Spirit works, you choose to believe because God called you, you heard the call. Now don't miss here, it talks here about how God does this, but don't miss what you are chosen for. Notice it says in verse 14, we are chosen to share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. All that we've just looked at this week about a time of rebellion and Satan's evil and doomed to destruction... These verses put it all into perspective. That's not what we're looking forward to. What we're looking forward to is sharing in the glory of Jesus Christ. Which would you rather have, doomed to destruction or sharing in the glory of God? It's a pretty easy choice. The truth of the matter is Jesus Christ wants us to share in his glory. He calls us to share in his glory because he loves us. And so Paul says, stand firm. Hold on to the teachings that I've given to you. It's interesting. This word teachings is literally the idea, the idea of traditions. Paradosis, traditions, makes some of us nervous because we don't, we don't want to be traditional. We don't want to hold on to the traditions of man over the will of God. Well, that is not what is being talked about here. This word simply means truths that have been handed down to you by somebody else. Someone else that has taught you the word of God. Some traditions are good and they're, There's none that are better than when someone has personally handed you the truth of the Word of God by example, by sharing it with you, by living it out. And what are these traditions, these truths of the Bible that God wants us to hold on to so tightly? Let me read for you verses 16 and 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Do you hear the truth in those few verses? God loved us. God loves you. Hold on to that. When you hold on to that, it helps you to stand firm no matter what. And God gives to you. He loved us, and by his grace, he gives us, and I love these phrases, he gives us eternal encouragement. Don't you love that? I mean, sometimes you get encouragement it lasts for a moment. Sometimes it doesn't even last for 10 minutes and somebody discourages you. But God's encouragement, it's eternal. It lasts all the way into eternity. It's not some false pat on the back saying, go on out there and you can do a good job today. It's the eternal encouragement of the fact that he loves you and he has chosen you. He gives us eternal encouragement and he gives us good hope. The genuine hope, the real hope that we need to hold on to. We've been talking in these books of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians about how to, how to live the real life the life that God made us to live. Well, that's how to live it. You live it by recognizing every day that God loves you. That's real. By recognizing that God gives to you by his grace, that's real. By recognizing the eternal encouragement and good hope that he offers out to you, that is real. It is more real than any evil you're going to face today because it is the reality that's going to last into eternity. Someone in our research team wrote to me about this chapter. Although Paul focuses a lot on the Antichrist, The application I got from chapter 2 is the urgency and need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lawlessness might escalate as we wait for Jesus to return, so while these things take place, I have to recognize that I have a job to do for Christ. I have to love others as Jesus loves and share the good news. That's the way to live this out. Realize that you have something to share that the world needs to hear, not just experience it for yourself and keep the hope to yourself, but realize I've got some really good news. To share. What God has done for me, He wants to do for others. God does not desire that any should perish. So I should share with everyone this good news of what God has done in my life. But I'm not going to share it unless I stand firm in it and hold on to it. So begin there. I love this prayer at the end of this passage. God, give me strength in every good thing I do and in every good thing I say. God, help me to share in the glory of my Lord Jesus Christ. As we close, Our look at these books, I'd like to pray this prayer for you. Lord, I pray for each person listening to this that right now they would hear and understand your choice of them through your spirit, through your truth, through your call. They would understand that the future they have to look forward to is the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, sharing in that glory. And that God, right now we would, no matter what we're facing today, no matter what we're facing this week, we realize there is nothing more important than that. No doubt or difficulty we're facing in our lives this week is greater than your glory, so we can be comforted. And no wonderful thing that's happening in our lives this week is greater than your glory, so we can be strengthened not to trust in ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you, our Lord Jesus Christ, and that God, our Father, who loved us, and by your grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. God, right now, encourage our hearts and strengthen us in every good word and every good deed. I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, next week, we're going to finish our look at First and Second Thessalonians. We look at chapter 3 of the second letter.